0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes!
1: And welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined as ever by Matt Turner for what could be, Matt, the shortest episode in Stardom Cast
0: history? Well, the shortest combined, because some of the solo ones that I've done have gone like roughly around an hour. So, yes, there's really. Only, not too much to talk about. We just have the one show, uh, as this recording, the show on the 2nd just went up a handful of hours ago. I did not get a chance to watch it. I don't think you did either, sir, but um, I hope you're doing well. I'm doing fantastic, Mr. Rob Goodwin, as here in the States, we we're just coming off Labor Day weekend, so I had a few days off work. So I am rested, recharged, and super excited for my action-packed, loaded weekend. Before I tell you what I got going on this weekend, how's everything with you, how are you doing today? How was your weekend? And what do you have going on in the life of one, Mr. Rob Goodwin?
1: You can't you can't leave us all hanging like that. You can't make it sound like you've got this really important week coming up and then be like, let's throw to Rob where, you know, no, no. We'll talk about me I... afterwards, Matt Turner. Matt, Turner, What have I... you got going
0: on? I'm trying to be a gentleman and let you go first. But since you're tagging me back in, no problem. So this <laughs> Friday, this Friday, as this airs, I'm going to see uh, Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie in concert. So Amazing. that should be a a banging fun time. And then Saturday is the return of Team Blue and Gold. Rob Goodwin, myself, and Andy Hatter are teaming up for the first time in roughly around a year. Um, He's just been so busy doing his singles thing, and I've been so busy doing everything in the world that we just haven't had time to team up. But what a better place for the reunion of the comic book-themed tag team than at a comic book convention in the Poconos at Colossal Con this weekend, and Rob Goodwin.
1: I mean, what a fantastic... I mean, we're talking about Andy Heder. Andy Heder, of course, who has been in or will be in a singles match against, of all people, Shun Skywalker from Dragon Gate.
0: Yeah, I think that's next week. So he got to slum it with me at a comic <laughs> book, book convention this week and the week after he gets to wrestle the guy from, uh, from Dragon Gate. And I think he's done. A handful of shows of pro wrestling, no, as well. I could be wrong. But, uh, yeah, that's just the crux of the independence, my friend.
1: It's crazy that that's, you know, that's a thing. Am I right in thinking that that's for Kevin Kelly's promotion as well?
0: Yeah, I don't think Kevin runs it anymore because I think he that, that's when he started. I could be wrong. I think he, like, started and got it off the ground, but I think he handed it off to somebody else because he's just so busy with New Japan and now, you know, he's working for AEW as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. So, an incredible weekend lined up for you. How was your Labour Day weekend? Obviously, us here in the uh, in the United Kingdom, we don't uh, we don't um, celebrate Labour Day. It's just it's just another weekend. Um, it was actually really really nice weather as well, so it was nice just to chill in the garden with a beer and uh, just generally enjoy. Live though it is a bit it is a bit too hot today I'm gonna to do the British thing of complaining that it is far too hot um I went for a run earlier today and immediately regretted it as I came in I was supposed to have a meeting straight after lunch and uh, my face was just it was beetroot red, it was pouring with sweat. I looked like a completely different person, so I had to postpone the meeting so that my face could fall back into place so that I could then have this incredibly uh, important and professional meeting. But other than, that, other than that, it's been a decent weekend. I mean, for a start, it's been a fantastic weekend of wrestling. Obviously, we had payback, we had all out, and, of course, the main event itself, the uh, five-star special in Hiroshima.
0: Yeah. I did not get a chance to see uh, all out. I wasn't, uh, I was a little exhausted when I got done with the uh, the side job on Sunday. Again, it was labor day weekend. So it was busy to say the least. So, and I kind of looked at the card and was like, you know, maybe I'll catch it at another time, but nothing but rave reviews. So kudos on AEW, obviously they're coming on the back end of some, uh, really kind of distracting news with, you know, another story for another day. And they were able to pretty much what I heard hit a home run. I did watch payback yesterday and I thought that show was really, really good. And, uh, You know, maybe it's my bias here, but maybe it's not. But I think out of everything that I watch this weekend, nothing pales in comparison to the five-star special from the uh, ones and only the true kings and queens of professional wrestling stardom rob goodwin
1: indeed it was it was a fantastic show it really was there was there were some interesting things to come out of it which makes for some uh, for some interesting discussion i know that both of us disagree on something which doesn't happen very often so that's going to make for some uh, for some interesting chatter a bit later as matt's already said um we know that there was a show also from hiroshima and the five star grand prix five star grand prix night 13 um that dropped it was from the 2nd of september that dropped um earlier today and uh, with everything we've got going on um you know we just we simply didn't have time to watch it and have time to record today and get it out to patrons on Thursday we just we just simply couldn't, so what we'll do is we will tag Night 13 with Mayu versus Amisori um, I think it's also got uh, Julia and Momo Nabe and I think Yutami Mariah May as well, oh and Azumi Mina Shirakawa are all on that show um, so we'll definitely be talking about it next week, as well as Dream Tag Festival because good grief Matt Turner. These uh, these shows just keep on a rolling. But before we get into all of this wonderful stardom news, um, tell me, what did you get on to with your Labor Day weekend?
0: Labor Day weekend, I was off Friday and Monday. Um, the, my company that I work for, uh, they give us Monday off and they give us Friday off as well. I tacked on another Tuesday because I rarely take time off and I have a whole bunch of vacation days Left to you, so it was really just getting in some extra sleep, kind of redoing. Usually Labor Day weekend is uh, when I redo my comic book room because I we're only about as of this recording about six weeks out from New York Comic Con, so I have to start prepping things and trying to get things ready. Uh, we had a nice cookout on Monday over my mother in law's. She cooked everybody giant steaks, and then I noticed when everybody was done eating, there still was like five or six steaks left. So I even said, I said, was like buy five, get five free? Like you're not feeding the whole entire neighborhood, bless her. Um, But uh, that, and there was a lot of wrestling watching. I got everything done on the uh, Julia Cinderella uh, 2020, her uh, Cinderella win for the Patreon. And that's already recorded, uploaded, and it should be in the Patreon feeds next week. And I'm getting ready to start the Izumi high-speed run. So even though, Rob Goodwin, I was off work. I was not off my main job. I was not off on any of my other 84 side projects I do because I do not believe in uh, days off. But uh had longer workouts at the gym, didn't have to rush around to uh, get anything done. And uh, oh, also, too, on Friday, Lily and I, I took Lily out for lunch. Uh, Lily's my daughter for all of our new listeners, and hello. Um, we took her out for lunch, and we went to go see Blue Beetle, which was actually really, really good. I really enjoyed it, and it's something that I recommend. Even if you're not a comic book fan, it's uh nice family movie that has a lot of heart. So I did that as well on Friday and then uh, kind of just caught up on some things around the house without having to be uh, pressed on time.
1: Sounds like a lovely, wholesome weekend. What a way to spend your Labor Day. And the idea of those steaks is making me incredibly, incredibly hungry. But nevertheless, Matt, let's talk about what is coming up on our Patreon this week.
0: Oh, boy, we have dropped a lot over the last seven or eight days. Sayaka Wonder of Stardom Championship reign, all 17 matches. That is up on your Patreon feed. And dare I say, Rob Goodwin, it is, in my opinion, the greatest run in the history of the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And dare I say, not 100% convinced on this, this may be a a future roundtable discussion, I think Sayaka V15 on the white belt is better than the EO Shirai's V14 on the red belt, I think.
1: Mm. I'm not a
0: hundred percent sure. You know how much I love that V14 from EO Shirai. I think this size range is just as good, if not better. Again, that might maybe that we'll do that for our Christmas roundtable discussion. Maybe that'll be a nice little Christmas treat for our Patreon listeners. Obviously, that's something that me and you and I will discuss um in the uh, upcoming, months, upcoming months uh off uh off air. Also, too, we have what if, what if Io Shirai did not leave for the WWE in 2018 fantasy booking? We have a roundtable discussion between myself and one Rob Goodwin, who we think are the top tag teams in the history of stardom. We also have released alternate commentary, uh, one time only in stardom, loading bat bath deathmatch as Sumire Teams up with Kagetsu to take on my ultimate dream team of Io Shirai and Tan Mikano. And that was a wild one to call, to say the least. And then also coming up next week, alternate commentary, we have Jungle Kiona challenging Arisa Hoshinki for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. So yes, so if you are a part of our Patreon, number one, we thank you. We thank you for the support. And two, you have a load of stuff to get through because we have dropped off a whole bunch of quality content your way.
1: Yeah, I feel like we have uh, slightly bombarded you, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I do apologise. It was because the it doesn't take a lot to throw us collectively, but the fact that uh, there was five weeks in uh, in August, or f- there was a there was an odd number of weeks, or something happened basically that completely threw me out of whack, and it suddenly became apparent that I'd need to drop two things. On the same weekend. So I apologize. We will try not to do that again. But anyway, that aside, let's get to some news. Um, the first being um, that AEW announced that their Wrestle Dream show, the latest pay per view in their canon, will be taking place from Seattle on October 1st. And the reason I bring this up is because Tony Khan, this entire show, I'll preface by saying, is. Um, Um, in memory of the late, great Antonio Inoki. Um, So Tony Khan has announced that he would like top stars from New Japan and Stardom to take part in WrestleDream on October 1st. So first things first, I think it's a lovely idea to do something as a tribute to Antonio Inoki. Um, I think it's inevitable that AEW are going to up their pay-per-view output. However, um uh, Tony Khan has said about how he wants New Japan and stardom talent on this show. I know that he specifically name dropped Mercedes Monet, who was in the crowd at all in, um all in in London. Um his scheduling leaves a little bit to be desired because on that day um there is a New Japan Corakon show. Which the card has already been announced. um, And as far as I can tell, the only people missing off that card are Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. So um, make of that what you will. Stardom, of course, um, that is the day after the Cinderella, uh, the five star final. Um, And I believe, unless I'm very much mistaken, um, Stardom have a show the next day. So they do they all they have a Corrigan. so i don't exactly know what is going to happen there whether that will be a case of something like julia where they sort of literally parachute her from the five star final to seattle um I, I don't know i don't know what the logistics of that are but it seems very strange um that Tony Khan would announces. The only thing that I can think is I know that there's a rumble on uh, on the pre show. So rather than getting someone like um Mayu or Utami or Julia, um maybe um someone like and this is no disrespect to uh, to any of the undercard talent, but someone like a Momo Kogo or something like that going over for wrestle dream. Um I can't see. I'd be very, very surprised. If any of the main talent from Stardom turn up and aren't on that Corakian show, Matt.
0: Well, I mean, Momo Kogel is over in the states. I mean, we—I saw her live at the ECW arena. She got a major, major pop, and I know she was over when they did the uh, the little mini tournament for the New Japan uh, Strong Championship with a match with uh, Willow Nightingale. So uh momo kogo go very well and she speaks very good english and she really does a great job transcending to the american crowd so momo kogo would be a great pick to send over you know maybe her a maybe Ahana, hana rena and hina as well just to maybe get the sisters over over here in the states in front of the american audience so yeah we shall see it always seems like whenever there's this joint show in america where it looks like stardom gets tapped on it doesn't seem like a that people do their research enough, I I could be wrong and to be saying, oh yeah, that's right. You know, they have a big show, and the day before is one of the biggest shows of the entire year in the five star final. So fingers crossed, maybe we get two or three of the Stardom wrestlers on that show because I got a feeling that's going to sell a ton of tickets, and of course, it's going to be seen by a, a worldwide audience. So we shall see as uh, as we get closer and closer to that date, and then well, that date's less than a month away. So um, yeah, we'll see kind of what pops up.
1: And it's a really busy time for stardom. Um, I've already mentioned that obviously the 30th of September, the day before, is the five-star final itself from Yokohama Budokan. Um, But also the night before is New Blood 11, and the day after they've got that aforementioned and Hall show. So again, I'd be surprised, um, especially it's not even like someone like a Julia isn't in a high-profile match. She is in what everyone suspect will be um, the blue block final against Utami, So it's not even like that match is going to go on first. So I'd be surprised if main talent turned up. But there we are. Maybe in future, other people, um, the scheduling will be a little bit better. Um, The New York Joshi promotion... it has been fully announced now. It's called Sukaban, um, per the Pro Wrestling Insider. This is not, and I don't know if anyone has taken the time to follow the Twitter channel, um, the Twitter page, sorry, not the Twitter channel, Showing my age there, um, and sort of looked at the uh, the introduction videos and things like that. It's not at all what I thought it was going to be. The roster's been announced, though, uh, with some notable names, um, and I'll read them out to you now. Ramkai Chow, who is going to be called the Atomic Banshee. Uh, Kaori Yoniyama, who we, of course, know as and Death. Uh, she's going to be playing Ataku-chan. Aoi, who we've seen on New Blood shows, and, of course, she's from Just Tap Out with Tomoka Inaba. Uh, she's going to be the Midnight Player um bingo who is a mystery person uh unagi sayaka is going to be playing ishigo sayaka i am probably butchering these names i apologize uh mayukihi is going to be playing maya mamushi uh saki is going to be playing saki bimi uh an is going to be playing Babyface. you is going to be called crush you Ironically. Um, we've got Supersonic. We've got Riko Kaiju, who's going to be playing Rico Blondie. Saori Ano is going to be playing Countess Sauri. Uh, Arisa Nakajima is going to be playing Commander Nakajima. Risa Seira is going to be playing Lady Antoinette, which for some strange reason really makes me laugh. Um, Miyuki Takase is going to be playing the Queen of Hearts. And then we've also got what is called the Stray cat now from what i've seen um talent is sort of split up into different factions let's say um but it's very cartoony very anime in its presentation and i've seen quite a few people compare it to uh, to a lucha underground sort of vibe um the four uh, groups or factions that are going to be uh, that are going to be in Tsukiban are the Vandals, the Cherry Bomb Girls, the Dangerous Liaisons and the Harajuku Stars. Um if you want to learn more about this promotion then uh, obviously Follow their Twitter at SukiBan underscore world or Scotty Wrestling is doing a lot of coverage as well. Um, The reason that I've brought this up is obviously we have got people like Kaoru Uniyama, uh, Unagi Sayaka, Seoriano um, Anno, sorry, and Risa Serra, who, of course, we've just seen challenge Julia for the New Japan uh, Strong Women's Championship, all taking place in this. I suppose if this is going to be filmed in the same way as a Lucha Underground where you do batch tapings, um, there might not be a noticeable impact on stardom, Matt. But from what you've seen of this, from what you've seen of the, uh, the world premiere of the um of the introduction video um are you excited about it
0: wow well, i don't have my notes in front of me was tomoka inaba announced for this i don't i don't, don't remember if you mentioned her name
1: i thought tomoka inaba was originally slated on the roster however um i can't find any note of her i could be wrong um and i probably am but I can't, I'm looking at Scott's wrestling pa- uh, Scotty Wrestling's page now because he's got the breakdown of the groups. Um, no, no, he hasn't.
0: Um, oh, maybe very strange. she got signed to full Yeah, maybe she got fully signed to stardom. Fingers crossed, right? Maybe that's uh, why. I mean, if that's uh, the yeah.
1: way, if that's what's happening, I am more than happy with that.
0: Um, Yeah, because we haven't really seen her um, at Stardom proper in quite some time. I was going to go to the show because New York City is only about an hour and a half away, give or take, uh, from me. So I was going to go to the show to see what it was all about and cover it. But I guess the tickets went on sale when I was – I didn't do my due diligence. Uh, They went on sale while I was in the movies. Uh, I mentioned on Friday when Lily and I went to go see Blue Beetle. By the time I got to the movie theaters, they mentioned they sold out of tickets. So I was like, oh, okay. So I will – Find a way to cover this on a VOD or something like that sometime in the uh, in the future or figure something out. But I don't know the venue they're running. I don't know how many seats that they sold. Maybe it was 200. Maybe it was 2,000. That I don't know. But, yeah, it's something completely different. There's a lot of talent in there. You know, you have, you have uh, Unagi. You mentioned so. Are you new? You mentioned Koryo Oniyama, which means if there's a three-way, you know that she is winning via <laughs> Alcana role. Oh, but may- I, we have to see if that's in her contract. Maybe that's just a start-up thing. I don't know. Arisa Nakajima, I mean, there is some great Joshi talent in there, but uh, I thought it would just be like a straight-up kind of like what they're doing with Spark Joshi. would mm. be like straight-up matches, but it seems like that they're doing a little twist on it, and uh, kudos to you, sir, putting like the Lucha Underground theme on it, because that's, you know, once you mention I'm like, ah, that's kind of seems like what they're doing they kind of want to put their own touch on these characters and maybe own their own ip and who knows maybe spin off a comic book or an anime out of it i mean who knows but the the fact that these fantastic joshi wrestlers are going to be seen in new york city you know one of the the biggest cities in the world and uh, in front of a lot of uh wild and rabid wrestling fans because the new york city fan base is very very smart they're very knowledgeable they're very passionate about their pro wrestling I think it's only going to be a slam dunk for everybody involved. And I'm interested to see, you know, where this goes and what they do with it.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, I will be, I'll hold my hands up. It was someone on Twitter that actually mentioned the Lucha Underground parallels. Um, But it, it does sort of give that sort of vibe. Um, uh, which, again, you mentioned it before, complete kudos to them for trying something completely different. It would be incredibly easy to sort of do what Spark, Joshi are doing. Uh, obviously, they're running another show as well, I believe, in Orlando. Um, I haven't got the date in front of me, but it's it's soon. Um, so it would be quite easy to do that. And obviously, Pro Wrestling Kitsune, which I know is being run by the Joshi pod, I know that's coming up in October. So, you know, Joshi is having far more of a spotlight being shone on it lately. And uh, yeah, credit to Suki Band for doing something completely different. Um, The world premiere to the first show, which is going to be September 21st, um, just in New York City, it says. Um, I can't find the actual venue at the moment, but I'm sure someone will tell me in in the comments. It sold out in just two hours. So uh, the hype is very real surrounding this company um when I first saw that uh, the likes of Sayori Anno, um you know people like Kaori Uniyama and people like that I was a little bit concerned I was like mm, how is this going to impact stardom but again if it's going to be the case where you can do a set of tapings and then go back to Japan it's not necessarily going to be that much of an issue and you know with all the respect in the world, I am more bothered, obviously, about Siori than I am Kyori Yoniyama, because Yoniyama wrestles at the moment less on the Stardom roster than Anno than does. And obviously, um, she's a uh, a goddess of Stardom champion, so uh, I want to see those belts defended. Final thing that I just want to go through. Um, Natsu Sumirei has announced her Decade of Queen's 10th anniversary show on October 8th um, from Shinjuku Face. uh, Sorry, from the 18th of October, not the 8th. Um, But what is interesting about this show is we have stardom talent being featured and a singles match in something that can be likened to a dream match. Let's be honest, Utami Hayashista versus Veni, um, which to my knowledge hasn't happened before. um, But what a matchup to see for the very first time. It is worth noting as well that Veni has dropped the Asuka part of the name. It's just Veni now. Um, But also on the card, we have a six-woman tag with Natsu Sumire, Rina uh, Yamashita and Kaho Kobayashi taking on Azumi Takumi Aroha and Saki Akai. So, a pretty loaded show for Shinjuku Face and I imagine that those tickets will go very, very quickly even just off the strength of that main event man.
0: Yeah, Venny is somebody that I've seen a handful of her work and she's absolutely fantastic. Uh, m- majority of the uh, work I've seen is on those Hana Kimura Memorial shows where they've done a great job spotlighting her. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Rob, I think she had a singles match with Sherry on, uh, I think it was last year's show that absolutely stole the show and really lit up Cork and Hall. And obviously, you Utami, So she's one of the best in the world that match that main event is going to be killer and they said there's going to be some more stardom involvement so i wouldn't be shocked if you had like a you know a julia on the show if you had uh, some of the your widow tie members because that's that was the uh, group she was affiliated with the most so i wouldn't be shocked if you have you know a starlight kid if you have a ruwaka mama wantanabe uh natsuko as well so we'll see we'll see how the rest of the card shapes up but just based on those two matches yeah it's something definitely to look forward to and uh Two matches that I'm definitely excited to see.
1: Yeah, 100%. And with you, I have seen criminally little of any. I know that um, the matches that she's been a part of um, have always been hyped up. And I know that she is perhaps one of the most hyped up Joshi wrestlers um, that isn't signed to stardom. So uh, I saw the match against Kagetsu which I believe was sort of an impromptu thing on the first Hanakamura Memorial Show, and that was really good. And like you mentioned before, the match with Suri, which is also very, very good. So this has the potential to be incredible, and I am very, very excited by it. So make sure in your calendars 18th of October, Shinjuku face Decade of Queens. And with that, let's kick straight into the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix 2023. Night 14, the five star special in Hiroshima, the only show that we're going to be covering today Um, in front of uh, 825 people um from the Hiroshima Sun Plaza. Um a couple of things to note before we before we go into anything, Matt. This show had there's two elephants in the room um in regard to this show. So, the first is obviously the attendance, which we're going to talk about in a moment, and the second of which, from what I can see, is the order of the matches, which again, we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, This 825 people, um, if you compare it to the last time Stardom ran Hiroshima, which was uh, the Hiroshima Goddess Festival in November of 2022... Uh, Which was main evented by Suri versus Micah and then of course had Sayaka Matani and Mina Shirakawa second from the top, which resulted in that injury to Mina. Um, That drew over a thousand people, one thousand and forty-five people. So this eight hundred and twenty-five has got to be—it's got to be seen as a negative for Stardom, especially when you consider that night eleven from the 26th of August, which was just your standard five-star night, uh, from Nagoya Congress Centre Event Hall in Aichi, drew 908 people, and that had no title matches on it. So there's a couple of conclusions you can draw from this. Um, One, of course, is that Nagoya is a far hotter market for stardom than Hiroshima. Um, The second is, are stardom starting to saturate the market? With the sheer volume of pay-per-views that they are offering to people at the moment, I mean, if you look at what we've got, at the, we've just had Stardom X Stardom Midsummer Fairs this year. We've got Dream Tag Festival coming up next week. It's a lot of shows, so I wonder if a little bit of burnout is beginning to happen with the crowds. Matt, what what's your opinion? on this what's your opinion on this number do you are you disappointed in this number talk to me
0: yeah i'm disappointed in this number just because um i mean it was a beautiful venue stardom does a great job and they've doing a great job uh upping their production their cameras even on you know what we call that kind of the road to shows the camera work and the entrances and the and the lighting the way that everything's mic has been a lot better they really do go all out um, for these pay-per-views so the stage and everything looked good and then i'm kind of just you know as the show's getting going kind of noticed that, boy that that seems like it's probably a little less than a thousand i figured this would have drawn 1, 14 1500 people based on the show and the number is not uh, inclusive of the quality of this show because this show was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. a mushy a must-see show i think i i text you as soon as the show was over Letting you know, I was like, hey, this tag match was, you know, one of the best goddess matches in the history of stardom. One of the best tag matches on any wrestling company, you know, this year. Um, So it definitely wasn't the quality, but uh, I kind of, you were asking me to give my opinion while the number was under a thousand. I kind of agree with you. The only thing that I could put my finger on is uh, just the, you know, the oversaturation of these pay-per-views. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, maybe Hiroshima's not a really big draw. maybe there was something else going on in the area that day that I don't know, obviously, I'm not from the area uh, so I wouldn't know, but um eight hundred and twenty five people again, it's not a bad house, but for what stardom has been drawing for the last you know two years, especially on the show this this loaded that has Julie on top is the main event. you have a fantastic uh, goddess of stardom tag match and three absolute must see uh five star matches you know, uh, loaded in there as well. So you kind of figured, you know, I don't know why this didn't draw well over a thousand people. Again, the quality of the show was nothing short of a plus in my opinion, but that number, I I do see it as a little bit of a disappointment. Um, you know, it's not going to break the company by any means, but the, uh, to answer your question, the only reason why this number wasn't in the right around the, you know, the upper 900s to a thousand level, Mm Uh, my only conclusion would just be because of the constant, consistent numbers of pay per views that Stardom's been putting on. And it might be just a little bit of a burnout, you know, from the uh, the pay- paying audience over there in the Hi- Hiroshima area.
1: And don't forget, of course, that Stardom ran that show on the 2nd of September in Hiroshima. So back to back shows. And again, it could be a case of Hiroshima just not being a very hot market for Stardom. They do tend to run there. A couple of times a year. So again, we'll see. Um, I just thought that was rather interesting that, uh, you know, even on the face of it, it's not like it looked like a weak card. You You know, you think about the five star matches and you think, good God, there's some absolute bangers on here. Really, really, really good matches. Um, you know, you've got Utami versus Momo Watanabe. Really good match. Tam versus Starlight Kid. Probably Starlight Kid's best match of the tournament so far. Suori versus Mayu, which was fantastic. And to be honest, the only real, and I don't want to say the word low point, because we sort of expected shenanigans uh, from the high-speed title match, especially when you consider the sort of champion that Saki is portraying at the moment. Again, neither knock on uh, Saki or Kogo, but we knew that that would be... Uh, that would sort of fly under the radar, let's say. But, you know, you've already mentioned it. We've got a tag title match of the year contender uh, between Poi and Suoriano versus Maysera and Suzu Suzuki and a potential coming out party for Mesera, who I thought was the MVP of a very, very, very good match. Um, Mirai versus Konami. Aside from one hellishly scary bump which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um this was another really 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 good match. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this match. Um and we'll talk about that as well and then obviously we've got another new Japan uh, strong women's title defense to uh, to top it off Julie versus era, So we had four title matches, three really good and possibly match of the tournament so far in Ciori versus Mayu. It's certainly not a weak card. Um, We'll see. We'll see how uh, Dream Festival does at Yokohama, uh, because obviously Yokohama, I know, is a better market for stardom. One thing I do just want to talk about before we get into the nitty-gritty of this show. The crowd, Matt, the 825 that did turn up, Um, and it is worth noting as well and this is just for me um, it it tickles me that there were 825 people in attendance and so far the current rating for this show on cage match is 8.25 I just think that's really cool Um, (laughs) (laughs) it it does not take a lot to entertain me as you can tell Um, they were almost deathly silent throughout the vast majority of the match I feel like the stardom roster had to work incredibly hard to elicit any reaction from this crowd
0: yeah now that you kind of put one and one together the fact that as again as great as this show was the fact that the crowd was kind of silent for majority of it maybe just just goes to show that maybe the mark just isn't that well in Hiroshima And kudos to Stardom for putting on this show because I don't think there's any of the 825 people, even though as quiet as they were, that went home and said it was a bad show. So maybe this was their chance to get the number up in Hiroshima maybe come the next round so we shall see good sir we shall see
1: we shall indeed let's kick into this uh, show then so on the pre-show we had a six woman tag match uh, the team of Amisori Tekla and Yuna Mizumori defeated the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Lady C of Miyu Amasaki in six minutes and 32 seconds with Amisori pinning Lady C with the
0: blue thunder bomb
1: Um. Matt, what did you think of this?
0: It was a solid outing. I mean, everybody kind of got their just doing it. Again, you're really seeing Miyu Amasaki Masaki and Lady C getting a lot more ring time and these multi-person matches. Obviously, Yuna Mizumori, I'm a huge, huge fan of. tech i like to see her maybe more up on the main card. I understand some things got switched around uh, because it was supposed to be FWC versus O2 line, uh, I believe, in the main card opener. But I think FWC, Hazuki uh, and Koguma, I think they came down with some sort of illness. I could be wrong. That's what kind of got reported to me. Um, so things got kind of got switched up last second. But really a, a good opener, good pre-show opener. And a nice Yami Sorry to uh, to get the win over here. But uh, I would like to see more Queen's Quest uh, Ws. Maybe that's just me, Rob.
1: You are quite uh, <laughs> quite biased when it comes to Queen's Quest. You're absolutely right. Um, FWC were both taken off the card with, uh, with illness. Um, I would be amazed if that's not COVID. Um, because Koguma and Hazuki are together a lot outside of Stardom, and for them both to be ill, it 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 sounds very much like COVID without saying COVID. So uh, obviously, we hope that both women recover and uh, are back on our screens. And it's worth noting as well that on this card, as well as the matches that we got, should have been Hazuki versus Sayakamitani, which. You know, when you put that with the other matches from the five star on this card, that should have been incredible. Um, However, technically, it is a Hazuki win, which uh, is slightly disappointing. We move on to the main card. You can watch, by the way, that six-woman tag on YouTube. It is still live on Stardom's YouTube channel, so go and check it out if you want. Uh, we move to the main card, where we see a tag team match. Mike and Megan Bain defeating the Club Venus team of Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa in 7 minutes and 41 seconds. Megan Bain getting the pinfall over Mariah May with the F5. This was a lot of fun, Matt, especially as it was sort of a thrown-together tag. Um, you know, Micah and Megan Bain don't have a tremendous amount of, uh, of sort of history together, but I thought they worked really well together. I thought Mariah May sold Megan Bain's offense incredibly well. I thought they... Stick, you know despite the fact that Megan Bain has now taken a pinfall um obviously losing to Tam in that red belt match she is still built incredibly well incredibly strongly and I think it worked in this match um I thought Rose Gold just there was no break they just went at it as though to say right we're opening this pay-per-view let's give it everything we've got seven minutes let's blow the house down and honestly i thought they did an incredible job my only question matt is why is megan bane's hat so big like i swear it grows every time she's on screen i swear it wasn't that big when she debuted i just feel like it grows a couple of centimeters every show so uh, by the final i'm expecting it to hit the roof
0: Maybe she's feeding it protein or creatine. Maybe after she gets done with her workouts, not only is she refueling her muscles, then maybe she's giving a little bit to the uh, the head rest. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's what's going on. There's my answer. But no, Rose Gold was great here. Mike and Mina Shirakawa have some great chemistry together. Uh, we've seen them, you know, in their multi-person matches a handful of times this year. Really uh, tear it down, and uh, I liked how. Mina was trying to get the advantage on Micah, but she really couldn't until Mariah May would come in. Obviously, they're the more formable of the tag team. They've been teaming out quite a bit at this year. Obviously, former goddess of stardom tag team champions. So I like the psychology of Mina, Mariah, and May getting the advantage, the first real advantage by using teamwork. It makes sense. It's a tag match. But then, like the tag team stuff doesn't work on Megan Bain. Like it works on Micah, but doesn't work on Megan Bain again, who's been built up phenomenally this entire time she's been in Stardom. They built her up great for her match with Tam, which uh, b- which makes Tam look better. You know, when she got the win and was able to retain the World of Stardom Championship, and then kind of wa- wasn't sure what they're going to do with Megan Bain since then. But they basically just built her right back up as this dominant monster. Um, so M- me and Mariah May, they they go back and forth with. Uh, more double teams this is a really cool double team spot that they hit on Micah where Mina hits like the Arisa, uh kick out of the corner. You know, the one where she kind of just springs one leg up on the other corner and then kicks you in the back with the other. And when she does Micah feeds right into a tornado DDT from Mariah May. I thought that was a really cool double team spot. Um, and again, the only way the double teams get stopped is when this, you know, monster Megan Bain comes in and just dominates the uh, former tag champs. Ultimately, it leads to the uh, Oh, What a Rush Doomsday device from Megan and Micah, and then leading to uh, Megan Bain hitting the F5 on Mariah May, the foreign ace. Uh, Again, solid match, really good, solid way to start off this pay-per-view. Nobody really held anything back. I had it at three and a half stars and uh, really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I gave it three and a half as well. The exact same reason. I thought for the seven minutes they were given and for the fact that it was effectively a throwaway tag, I think all four women delivered an entertaining opening match. Um, Before we got into any more matches, we had an absolute glut of announcements, of show announcements. We had the confirmation of Nagoya Golden Fight which is going to be taking place on the 9th of October. Um, We also had the confirmation of Stardom Halloween Dark Night 2023, which is going to be taking uh, taking place on the 29th of October at Takikawa Stage Garden. We also had the announcement of the 13th. Goddess of Stardom Tag League. I swear, Matt, it only feels like yesterday we were talking about the 12th, but here we are. That is going to be starting on the 15th of October and is going to end on the 12th of November. So a little bit earlier this year for the Tag League. And then finally we have the first um, New Blood West show, which is going to be taking place I believe in Osaka Um with all the prior New Blood shows I think have taken place out of Tokyo. Um So, yep, yeah, a brand new New Blood show, this one called New Blood West, and that is going to be taking place on the 7th of November. So lots and lots of dates for your calendar there Matt. Um, clearly Stardom aren't bothered about the glut of pay-per-views and are just going to keep delivering this content
0: yeah that's all really good content you know there's no way that anybody can deny that stardom is that they're cranking out the shows and it's all quality content and kudos to uh, the fine folks over at stardom world on the non-pay-per-views for lately getting out we've mentioned this a handful of times uh, the last few weeks for getting these shows up in about you know a 24 to a 36 hour period i mean they're just they're cranking out these five-star shows one after another you know it's Again, as soon as it happens, it's pretty much up on the uh the website within about a day, day and a half for us to enjoy. But I've no did notice the God of starting the starting tournament. It's only you know, four weeks long. It's only about a month long. So I wonder if it's going to be very much like the five star Rob, where it's gonna be only a handful of teams. It's not gonna be, you know, the, the mega amount of teams. Maybe it's gonna be four on blue block, four on the red block. So um that just really seems like they're great. As soon as that starts, it's gonna be all full steam ahead to get to the finals. So it's interesting to see what they're going to be doing with this year's Goddesses Stardom Tournament. And considering, in fact, how hot the tag teams are and how great the tag team division is, uh, I'm super excited to uh, see the teams that'll be announced because they'll probably get announced pretty shortly because it does start in uh, what the middle of October, right?
1: Middle of October, 15th. So I believe they'll probably announce the teams on uh, the final of the um, five star so they will probably do the first match then when they do their traditional announcement of new shows i imagine that is probably where we're going to get our teams for the uh for this show or they might potentially do it at the dream tag festival which I suppose would be more apt with that being a tag team festival. Um, So that's obviously coming up this week. So we might see the teams then. We might be talking about it next week, Matt. Who knows? Um, Let's move on then to Blue Stars Block. Um, as the five-star continues to roll on, Utami Haishishita moving to eight points by defeating Momo Watanabe, who stays on six, in nine minutes and 26 seconds with the hijack bomb. First thing I want to say is this is the first time that I noticed that the big star on the stage glowed in the colour of the block, and I know it's a really small thing, but I thought that was really cool. Um, overall, we have waited a long time for this match. Um, they never had that singles match after Momo turned on Queen's Quest. We were never going to get the all out blowout that you know we could have had in the nine minutes they were given. However, these two are great together really really good Threw each other around the ring in a very very entertaining bout.
0: yeah this was really good um you just mentioned it a few seconds ago my friend this is their first singles match since momo turned on queen's quest to join a widow tie back in uh, the end of uh, 2021 i wish this would have got maybe about a minute and a half to two minutes longer but what we got was absolutely fantastic what is as good as their uh World of Stardom Championship match from when Utami was champion. I believe it was the anniversary show um, a couple of years ago. I remember it was very early in Utami's reign. Uh, no, it wasn't as good as that, but I mean, at the same time, uh, a world championship match should be bigger than a, a five star match because they had the time to tell the story. However, this match was absolutely fantastic. It was hard. You had great wrestling in the beginning, like they're kind of feeling each other out, like just to kind of set the pace, like neither of them wanted to make a mistake. And then once it spilled to the floor, momo are excuse me the other members of Oedo tied to a great job distracting the uh, referee so momo would have hit the bat shot and then uh, that wasn't the worst thing that happened to you tommy on the floor because that b driver she ate on the floor was absolutely disgusting so they get back in the ring and then they just throw bombs for the remainder of you know six six and a half minutes of this match you know with tommy throwing the forearms and momo throwing the kicks and the lariats and the shoulder tackles and the somatos and then you had the tequila sunrise and then uh Basically, Momo countering just about everything that Utami does makes sense because you know she was kind of her understudy in Queen's Quest, as Momo was the leader for quite a bit of time. Uh, really love the uh, the forearm fest, and then uh, Momo hitting a huge German suplex, and then um, Momo again slipping out of the shocking baser, goes for the punk kick, but Utami catches her punk kick into the torture rack bomb, and then quickly follows up the torture rack bomb with the hijack bomb. Again, fantastic match. I would love to see them run this back maybe if uh, Utami does win the World of Stardom Championship at the end of the year. I would love to see these guys go, these ladies go back, you know, 15, 16 minutes, what have you. But all in all, uh, they could have put this match on as the main event. They really could have for the, you know, this card was so stacked that you could have said, okay, right. We're going to give them 12 or 13 minutes and Momo and Utami is going to be the main event of this show. And I don't think anybody would would have complained. But uh, yeah, this was absolutely fantastic. Momo really sprinkling in a lot of her Queen's Quest uh, work we've noticed in this tournament, which makes me a happy camper. Uh, all in all, again, fantastic match. Four and a quarter stars.
1: Yeah, I gave it four. And this is where the tournament, I think, you know, the shorter time limit, the fact that they were able to condense everything that we knew they'd do to each other into a captivating nine-minute window uh, really does pay testament to the chemistry that they have together, which, of course, as you mentioned, they're going to have, having teamed together for so long, former goddess of stardom tag uh, champions together. But I feel like Momo's another one, and this seems to happen most years, where she's had a really underrated tournament. She's had really, really under-the-radar bangers, banger of matches. You know, this one with Utami. Her match against Micah was really, really good. Her match against Julia um, is the only match I've seen from the second. Um, And that's really good. You know, she's having really, really, really good matches. Um, I do wonder where it's going to go. And hopefully she continues on this role she seems to have found herself on. That bat shot on the outside, like, she held nothing back. And I know it's... a. A rigged bat—I think it's foam with the metal bar in the middle—that still hurts. And the way she caught you, Tommy, she caught you, Tommy, right on the point of the shoulder with it. So uh, I imagine that stung like hell, and you, Tommy, sold it like it was like she'd been hit by a boat. So uh, yeah, I imagine that stung a little bit. Um. Moving on then to Red Block. We had Tam Nakano moving to seven points, defeating Starlight Kid, who remains on four points in eight minutes and 28 seconds uh, with the Violet Screwdriver, which does eliminate Starlight Kid from the tournament. The third person eliminated from the tournament so far behind Hanan and Amisori. Starlight Kid has had... A weird year, to be honest, hasn't she? She sort of seemed, I don't want to say directionless, because that that disrespects the year that she has had. She hasn't quite reached the level that I thought she would. Um, she hasn't been challenging for, you know, the white belt, the red belt, you know, being in these high-profile main event matches. This, I feel, was a moment where she could remind everyone just how good she was because her and Tam put on a fantastic match here and one where you felt like Starlight Kid felt like she had a point to prove and that moment where uh, Tam kicks out of the Momo latch and you just see Starlight Kid just Banging the match, screaming with all that frustration. Not only does she know that she's got to win every match from this point to stay in the tournament, but, you know, people are starting to look at other people on the roster instead. And that's got to be frustrating. So I really enjoyed that. And then that moment, just that briefest of moments at the end when Tam holds her hand and they just have that look just for a second. And it feels like it's going somewhere, but we don't know where. And I love that. Um, Overall, I thought these two, you know, these two are fantastic wrestlers. Obviously, Tam, the World of Stardom champion isn't going to be a bad wrestler. Starlight Kid, I have no doubt a future World of Stardom champion. Fantastic match. Excellent stuff from both women. Um, Four stars.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to echo your sentiment partner that it seems like, in the winter, the first quarter of last year, uh, Starlight Kid had that co event, uh, high-speed championship match with the Zumi, which we saw Zumi capture the high-speed championship. Um, and then we thought, okay, here comes Starlight Kid's Ascend. And then she had that fantastic Wonder of Stardom championship match with Saya Kamatani, which, in my opinion, is Starlight Kid's best singles match. And then she goes on uh, to have a fantastic five-star uh, last year and has that unbelievable match with my Ma- you on the final night and then when the brackets were first announced or the matches were first announced and we noticed that might and Starlight kid would were against each other on the final night we kind of figured you know that would be one to really kind of circle and kind of learn in some sort of points but the fact that Starlight like kid is eliminated this early in the tournament we're kind of like hmm the fact that she ate all those losses like okay well somebody has to lose and maybe with saya kamatani's uh you know, they had to move some stuff around on both Red Stars and Blue Stars, uh, Rob, with the uh, with the booking. Maybe that's what it was, where they would just had Saya just lose some, or excuse me, Starlight Kid lose some matches. But I think both of us kind of figured that Starlight Kid would get a win here, and then that would let her either challenge for the Wonder Belt or the World Belt, you know, somewhere in the future, even if she only finishes with six or seven points, you know, give or take. So uh, I was a little shocked with the finish here. Was not shocked at all with the quality of the match, because this was fantastic. And you can see Starlight Kid... She comes out of this, like, she's very desperate in this match. She's throwing bombs early on on Tam. I mean, she goes right after Tam's leg, you know, to try to set up, you know, one is taking away a lot of Tam's speed, a lot of her high impact offenses. You know, she does a lot of the suplexes, the Twilight Dream, the Violent Screwdriver, um, the Tiger Suplex as well. And the, not only is the psychology there for Starlight Kid to take away Tam's strength, but one of Starlight Kid's finisher is that... uh black tiger leg uh, crusher submission. So early, early on, we could see Starlight Kid just being aggressive, going after Tam's leg early on. Uh, she attempts a tiger suplex um, a couple times, trying to really uh, put her way in or try to get her match going. Uh, they wind up, uh, you know, uh, our, excuse me. Tam gets out of that. We have a stiff form exchange between the two, um, and then Starlight Kid tries to go back to her high speed roots. Starts using some high-speed offense on Tam, but Tam shuts that down. Uh, able to catch Starlight Kid It's a big German suplex. Uh, Starlight Kid then starts going to the top rope. She hits that top rope, quesadora to let the momentum swing her way. Uh, ultimately, though, uh, Starlight Kid, again, throwing bombs. She hits the Black Tiger pile driver, Tiger suplex uh, combination. That does a lot of wins for Starlight Kid. There's a lot of opponents in Tam showing that resilience. That's uh, something we've seen a lot of Tam In the last year plus that she's able to take these big moves and kick out uh, in order for her to kind of fire back up. Starlight Kid hangs on, hits a second Tiger suplex. Um, Tam Tam eventually hits a Tiger suplex of her own. I like the part where Tam goes for the violent shooting. Excuse me, the violent screwdriver. And Starlight Kid gets out. And when she does, she comes off the ropes and gets the Momo latch. And you just mentioned, you know, about two minutes ago, buddy, that uh, you figured that would be the finish. And Tam kicks out at just the very last second. And you're like, oh, I thought that would be the finish. Starlight Kid is just, she's exhausted. She's thrown everything at Tam. Tam's starting to throw everything at her. Um, You could tell that she's so annoyed and so like, what do I do from here? I'm losing all these matches. I had, you know, I've thrown everything at the World of Stardom Champion. Nothing is doing; Nothing can keep Tam down. And she's so frustrated that it takes her off her game plan and lets Tam hit a whole bunch of spin kicks and violent shooting violent shootings and I loved how this violent screwdriver for the finish set up. You see Tam pick her up and she's getting ready to drop her, but then you see Starlight Kid kick her feet a little. So you're thinking Starlight Kid's going to get out of it because that's kind of like this, okay, they still have fight left and then once her legs start kicking like she's trying to get out of it, Tam comes up on her toes and then drops Starlight Kid right down on her head and gets the three count. Uh, Just that little wrinkle in the finish added to the match for me because it looked like Starlight Kid was going to once again get out of it. Tam noticed it and said, you know, I'm not going to hang on any longer. I'm just going to drop Starlight Kid right on her head and finish this off. Uh, this was an incredible match between the two. I agree with you that uh, this is Starlight Kid's best match of the tournament. I had it at four and a half stars.
1: I feel like this could have been the touch paper to Starlight Kid's year. When you consider, obviously, she's got that Maywe with match on the final night. And spoilers for the match that we're going to be talking about in a moment, Mayu wiwatani is also eliminated now. It does feel like there could have been more emphasis put on that. And I understand that, obviously, Stardom have had to move stuff around um, in regard to Sayaka injury, if it was the case that Sayaka was pegged for winning it. But I feel like if Starlight had won here, she doesn't even need to carry on winning, just a win here against the champion. You know, she's proved she can do it on the main stage, as you mentioned, that phenomenal singles match against Sayaka Matani. Um But nevertheless, maybe, maybe that Mayu match is going to be the touch paper that Starlight Kid needs heading into the final quarter of this year, because it does feel a little bit... Like she's been treading water. Not in a matches, in a matches she's given 110% and repeatedly puts on fantastic matches. Her in ring ability has never ever been in question, but it does feel a little bit like she's sort of not going anywhere, really, in terms of the card, which is a shame. We then move on to Maywe Watani versus Suri, um which many people are touting, as I mentioned before, to be the match of the tournament so far. Suri moving to seven points, defeating Maywe Watani, who stays on seven uh, in 12 minutes and 30 seconds with the Ruen, um, and thus eliminating the icon of stardom from the tournament. Um... These two just have that magic, don't they? I love watching Suri pummel Mayu Iwitani and Mayu just repeatedly getting back up and repeatedly throwing bombs of her own, only for Suri to just knock it down and rinse and repeat. It never gets tiresome. And then you throw in bits like Suri locking in that white tiger and literally spinning Mayu around by her knee ligaments before locking it in again. And you can see the pain in Mayu's face as she grabs desperately for the bottom rope. It is beautiful that flash pin from the frankenstein the poison rana sorry where you just think oh my god she's gonna do it she's gonna do it and then suri kicks out or everything these two women did was beautifully and flawlessly executed from the kicks to the escalation of the strikes to the escalation in the pace of the match to the brutality to that Like I mentioned, that white tiger, which was my favorite moment of the match. It both sold Mayu as the baby face and it also, just in case anyone needed it, put Sturi over even more as that devastating badass. Overall, a thoroughly, thoroughly breathless Twelve minutes of wrestling, incredible match. I gave it four and a half stars. If not the match of the tournament, I would argue it is certainly top three.
0: Yeah, it currently sits as my number three with Sherry and uh, Suzu number one. Julian, and uh, sorry, Ano as number two, and this is my current number three. Just at the top of my head. If I if I went back and look at the list, then maybe reshuffled. But Sherry and Suzu is definitely my number one from night one but uh I like you have to, you have to take a look and obviously this tournament's not over sherry still has a handful of matches left but this is on pace with their 2021 five star i mean it really really is which is like frightening to say because that five star was an all-time performance and this is like neck and neck uh, with it, which is sh- what, what sherry has been able to do again with this match with Mayu, the Nasapoi match, the Suzu-Suzuki match. And again, we still have more to come. I believe this weekend of shows, I think she was supposed to wrestle Saya Kamatani. I was just looking at the card this weekend. and I'm like, can you just imagine? Because that's the match I was looking forward to the most, obviously, besides injury. Shuri will go up to uh, nine points this weekend without a wrestle because of the forfeit. But regardless, yeah, this was fantastic. They started out with some really great technical wrestling to start just to kind of ease the crowd in a little bit here. But you know it wasn't going to take long before this went off the rails in the best way possible. And it goes off the rails pretty early as Mayu gets the advantage. Shuri tries to bail out. Mayu, like a minute and a half in the match, goes for that crazy suicide dive. Shuri moves out of the way, and Mayu takes out every second that is in, <laughs> that was on that side of the ring, just wipes them out like a bowling ball. You know, strike. Um, Mayu then tries to get the advantage. She tries for a German uh, uh, dragon suplex on the floor. Sherry hits a tornado DDT. Mayu's able to uh, land this brutal super kick on the way back up. And then she hits a German suplex on the floor. And like four minutes in, they tease a double count out. Like they get to like 18 or 19. And I'm like, if this is a double count out at like four minutes in, I'm fine with it because this is fantastic. Uh, Again, they, and then they wind up getting back in the ring and they just throw bombs. Obviously, Sherry is one of the best strikers in all of wrestling. Mayu, we talk about it all the time, she's such an underrated striker just because you're in the same company as a Mike, a Shuri, a Utami, uh, a Momo Watanabe, but, but uh, Mayu can hang in there with the best of them. So they're throwing some heavy forearms back and forth and Shuri's able to cut Mayu off with those Muay Thai style knees. Uh, eventually Mayu does what Mayu does best. She eats a lot of damage to get one move in. She's eating kicks and knees back and forth just to be able to uh, catch one of those uh, those striking blows from Shuri and she hits the dragon screw leg whip really starts to target uh, Shuri's knee Shuri's fully aware so she has to switch up her game plan uh, eventually though uh, Shuri hits a big German suplex head kick and then she you mentioned before she like locks in the stretch muffle, the white tiger and then changes risk risk control on it so she has Shuri at a higher angle or excuse me she has May- Mayu at a higher angle and then she must have been watching her best of Lady C tapes, Rob, because then she does the <laughs> giant swing while poor Mayu is locked in the White Tiger. And, of course, the shock of no one. If you've seen Mayu matches before, you know that her selling on this is going to be on point. And it sure was. I mean, it looked like poor Mayu was just hanging on by a thread. Uh, Sherry sure, tries to go for the killing blow, tries to go for the Vermillion world. But, yeah, that beautiful poison Rana almost puts her down. Mayu's um, able to the dragon suplex and the moonsault combination. Eventually, though, Sherry comes back with the ruin, which was the move that she won uh, the 2020 tournament with. Uh, eventually hits a running knee KO kick and the Vermilion World. Yeah, this is just unbelievable. These two just cannot miss. Love this pairing. You know, we talked all the time. We, we talked about it a handful of times. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
0: Times that Sherry's um, title defense at last year's uh, World Climax um, against Mayu. It's a matchup that some people loved and some people thought it was under the radar. Me and you absolutely loved it for a zillion different reasons and a zillion different reasons why we loved it here. Again, uh, this is my number three match of the tournament thus far. I had it at four and three three fourth stars and definitely go out of your way to see this match.
1: You mentioned Suri's tournament and you think back to the matches she's had. She had the match with Suzu Suzuki, which was great. She had the match with Mayu that was great. Don't forget her match with Natsupoyi that time limit draw, and then she had that match with Natsuka Tora, which was also very, very good. So uh, for someone who, again, not to the same level as Starlight Kids, but someone who is sort of just there doing her thing, not in any title pictures, so to speak, or anything like that, it's just a stark reminder of when given the tap, Suri is one of the most capable wrestlers on that entire damn roster. And she is carving through that red block. And, you know, you'd be stupid to think that she's not going to be in the mix come the 30th of September for that red block. Because red block, honestly, I've got no idea who is going to win that block. Because it could be one of four, five different women legitimately not just cuz i like them but legitimately and i'll go through the blocks as they stand at the moment and you'll see what i mean i'm i am incredibly intrigued by this red block before we move on however um we sorry before we move on to from oh my god just shut up rob let's carry on <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Then let's move on to the high speed title match. Then Saki Kashima defending against Momokogo gained the win with the Kishkasai in four minutes and forty three seconds. It is what it is. Um, you know, it's what we expected it to be. Saki is effortlessly funny, which is always great. Momokogo, we are getting a little bit of character development from momo which is really good um determined to show everyone the wrestler that she can be you know not engaging with saki not engaging with the handshake initially and then when she does she goes for a pinfall so she's learning and we're seeing that sort of harder edged side of momo kogo which is good um saki i always enjoy saki when uh, she refuses to fight when she's uh when she's on the defensive, and then the moment there's an opening, she's uh, she's right in there with the boot. It it Saki's ace, Saki's ace. But ultimately, you know, no disrespect to either woman, but if you're pressed for time, this is probably the match you can cut off the show, Matt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get. You're not getting, again, Saki Kashima is a different wrestler than, a high-speed wrestler than a Natsupoi, than an Azumi, than a Starlight Kid. You know, the, the really the three wrestlers that have been held, holding this division up for the better part of three years. And I think the heir apparent, I think we all agree, is going to be uh, May Sierra. Now, obviously, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, you're going to get these shorter matches, kind of what the high-speed championship was back in, you know, from... 2017 18 and 19 as well but you're getting Saki Kashmus uh comedy not only that but you're getting here fighting from behind we saw it in the Kagama match and we saw it here i thought Koga was awesome here she came out here with something to prove she came out of here you know as soon as the bell rang she went right for it i mean she was hitting the the 619 she hit the 619 ddt uh, springboard uh drop kick and she started some new arm work Uh, which we've seen a little bit sprinkled here and there in the multi-person tag matches kind of leading up to this. So we've seen a little bit different, maybe more aggressive Momo Kogo. And Stardom is a wrestling company that has a lot of wrestlers that do different styles of submissions. And to see Momo Kogo, especially if we're seeing some character development that we saw at the end of this match, if she's going to be adding in some more submissions, I am all for it. So I'm all about, you know, Stardom elevating, the uh, the lower tier card wrestlers You know, Momokogo, Saida, You know, Ahina, Arena, Ahana uh, That we're seeing in the tournament as well But Momokogo here looking super aggressive Towards the end Ultimately though, it's the most dangerous move Rob, in all of wrestling That does Momokogo in the Kishi Kasai But yeah, and we're seeing Maybe more of a serious Saki Kashima Because it looks like she's getting ready to face her fears mm-hmm. In one May Sierra As she uh, calls her out At the end of this match Overall, though, I thought it was a solid outing again, I thought Momo looked great here. Uh, I had it at three and a half stars uh
1: yeah, I gave it. <sighs> I gave it three. It was it was fine. It was it was very inoffensive, but ultimately, it's it's probably one we're not going to look back on come the end of the year. (laughs) Um, That cannot be said for this following match: the Goddesses of Stardom Championship match with the champions Cosmic Angels, Natsupoi and Seiorianu, the champions defeating Maseera and Suzu Suzuki with uh, Seiorianu. Uh, pinning Maysela with the Tom Tander in 13 minutes and 43. Thank you to friend of the show Steve and patron for uh, Steve, yeah Steve. Um, I was like, who gave me that? Who uh, gave me a pronunciation guide for that? And I've probably still got it wrong. Um, and I will get back to you on Patreon, by the way, Steve. I just I haven't had time, but yes, Tom Tonder. So uh, <laughs> they
0: <laughs> don't laugh at my friend's You're pronunciation. You even sound like the Google Translate thing that he said, like the same pitch and everything. So
1: bravo to you, sir. <laughs> I've been practicing that all day. I went on my run today and I was just like, tom-tom, tom-tom, tom-tom.
0: Your neighborhood thought you were nuts. They were getting ready to call the people in the White Coats. Like, get this guy out yeah. of here. <laughs>
1: what is he on about? Um, I mean, this match is tremendous. We knew it was going to be good, um, but this was... Fantastic. Match of the show, without a shadow of a doubt. Wonderful to see the spotlight on Maceira. And what's even better for me is considering Maceira and Suzu Suzuki were thrown together as a team just on the chance that they were both freelancers and don't have a unit yet. They've grown into one of the most endearing partnerships On the stardom roster, and I do love that. I do love the fact that they have absolutely nothing in common. If anything, Suzu Suzuki looks like a mum taking her overhyper daughter to a shopping mall. And just, that seems to be the vibe. And it just works and I think that's really really important the dynamic between these two and then you put the dynamic of Natsupoy and Cioriano it as well on top of that. Fantastic. The sequences are incredible. The double team that leads to the finish, beautiful. Honestly, this is 13 minutes of your time. If you're going to watch a match from this show and watch all of it but if you're going to watch this match because this is legitimately one of the stardom tag matches of the year a fantastic fantastic uh, match from all four women Matt
0: well I knew it was going to be good because all four of these are great and they're great singles wrestlers and they're great tag wrestlers but you know it's going to a next level when Suzu and Masiera are doing shots before they even come to the ring when they get the top of the entrance ramp i was like i don't know if those are five star energy i don't know if they're tequila i don't know if they're part of micah's beer oh by the way i found a website where where you can buy micah's beer i don't know if they can ship it over rob another story for another day i did my homework and i found it so i'm trying my best regardless you're doing shots before you're coming into the ring oh boy oh boy right like, here we go and it's so funny, like Suzu, she absolutely loved it. May Sarah was like, oh my god, what is this? What is this? <laughs> but um with May and Natsupoi starting, you know what you're gonna get you're gonna like a high like a mini high speed match. And then uh Suzu cuts off May uh Natsupoy and we get mini heat on Natsupoy. Sorry, I know, sorry I know, I know, Bano, I know, sorry I know comes in, makes the save, and then we get Again, like I mentioned in Rose with the Rose Gold teamwork, these are your tag champs. They get the advantage by doing tag team wrestling. And that's how they get the advantage back. Eventually, we get Suzu and uh, Sayori in like a mini singles match. And oh boy, they just beat the crap out of each other. Like, Suzu's not taking any of Sore's, uh stuff, not at all. And they wind up just dropping each other back and forth with German suplexes. And then Suzu hits a tequila shot but she can't follow up because of the pre the the damage done to her neck and back from all those ridiculous German suplexes that uh, she's taken from the tag champs. And I really, really like that atmosphere where Suzu has been like this buzzsaw, you know, pretty much since she's been in startup. Don't get me wrong. She sells and she shows weakness, but it's like she hits the big tequila shot, which is basically her ramping up to go to the finish, which is usually the locomotion German suplexes. But at this point she can't follow up because the tag champs have really done a fantastic job On the double team work to Suzu. Suzu. I thought that was great. Um, You mentioned it uh, at the start of the show. I thought May was the MVP of this match. And considering the fact that, you know, Suzu. Is one of the best wrestlers in this company, and Natsupoy and Soria New are on a completely another level, especially Natsupoy these last four or five months. I mean, in my opinion, uh, she's the stardom wrestler of the year. You know, we're eight months in, we just closed out August. I think she's the stardom wrestler of the year, both singles and tags. It's unbelievable what Natsupoy has been doing. Um, and then uh, uh, May and Suzu, they hit this version of total elimination. Remember from the ECW days, the eliminators were one person would go high, one person would go low. So they did this kick combination with May and Suzu. It reminded me of the eliminators of total elimination. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Sori comes in, she hits what I call the perfect, perfect plex. For a two count, everybody hits a top rope something into the ring. I thought that's really cool. You're amping up your finish. Everybody's going to the top rope, you know, to uh, ascend the drama in this match, which I thought was really good. I liked uh, Suzu and, and May. They've been hitting that half and half suplex lung blower combination where Suzu gets you up for a uh, it's almost a half dragon half German, and then May comes over with the lung with the, comes off the ropes with the lung blower. But this one they hit from the top rope. They haven't done that before. Makes sense. This is their biggest tag match that they've ever had. It's against the tag champs. So I thought that was really cool. Um, then there was once, uh, and then uh, they hit that on uh, Sayori. And then uh, this is where the camera work was great. And the drama went up for me completely different level. Because then after that, uh, May hits the rolling star on Sayori. And where the camera work was, was right on the shoulders. So you don't see play break up the fall. Until right when it happens. So I thought that was genius camera work from the fine folks over at Stardom because I thought, oh, this is the finish. They hit their big tag move. Sarah hits her kind of pretty much what it's her singles finisher. And Natsupoy is nowhere to be found. So I think Suzu has her isolated. And I think this is the finish of the match when we have new tag champs. But Natsupoy comes in the very last second to break up the fall. And then it comes back again with Sorinu hits the, uh, she does the, what I, you know, that crazy backslide. I call it the backslide from heaven. She hits it on Sarah And once again, the camera work is just right on the two wrestlers, the two legal wrestlers in the ring. And I think, okay, this is the finish. And then you don't see Suzu into the very last second break up the pinfall. It made a phenomenal match even better for me because I really bit on those two falsies. And I love how uh, Suzu, excuse me, uh, Natsupoy and uh, Sayori, how pretty much their tag finisher, we saw it when they beat Rose Gold for the belts, is the, uh, it's basically a teamwork ferial gift and Tom's Tondra. Um, I don't know if I'm saying as good as you, Rob, or worse, or just as good. Tom Tom. I love how Tom Tondra. Um, I love it how they hit, because it's basically almost the same move. It's like a flipping neck breaker, but they do it so seamlessly at the same time. And then they hit, they hit it on a, May Sarah not support quickly make sure Suzu Suzuki is nowhere to be found. She takes her out or holds her out in order for sorry. Anu tita to hit the Tom's Tondra for the three count. Um, I told you as soon as this match is over, as soon as the show is over, this is one of my all time favorite stardom tag matches. Um, if this is your first time on the show, welcome. We know we have new listeners all, uh, all the time. If you have been with us for a while, you know when it comes to great stardom tag matches, the uh, the pinnacle, the standard is always Thunder Rock versus Mako Satamoro and Kyrie. <laughs> but uh, this, I think this is just right under it. This probably ranks right up there with stardom X stardom last year with Meltier versus uh, FWC. This might be my second favorite God's of stardom tag match of all time. It was, it had everything. You had the high-speed stuff in the beginning, you had the great double team work from both teams, especially from the tag champs. You had the violence. You had the suplexes. You had the selling. You had the emotion, the up and down. You had them going off the top rope to show the, uh, uh, basically show the, the uh, how important this match was. The fact that everybody's now taking risks and chances to get the advantage back as you're building towards the finish. But ultimately, what does in the challengers is the fantastic teamwork two wrestlers that tried to kill each other about two months ago in a strap match, Rob, um, that basically does in the challengers and gets the V one for the cosmic angels team. Again, this is one of the best tag matches I've seen all year. This is one of my favorite tag matches I've ever seen uh, to me. This is the perfect five stars.
1: Wow. Very, very high praise indeed from you. Um, uh, there's moments of this match where you want, you have got your breath taken away. Um, that like Maceira just jumping off the back of Sioriano uh, as she's going for the tag and drop kicking Natsupoi from the uh, from the apron. Just little things like that that just make this match fun to watch. And because again, thirteen minutes, there's no let up at all. And Suzu Suzuki is having none of Natsupoi. Like there's about three times in this match where Natsupoi tries to enter the fray and is just floored with a forearm from Suzu Suzuki, and because it's Natsupoi, she sells it beautifully, just crumples in a heap. Tremendous stuff. Um, the next challenges come out. Um, the next challenges are going to be Yutami Hayashista and Azumi Matt. Now, obviously. They have got big shoes to fill because this match, as we've both said, fantastic. I gave it four and a half. I think this match could top it because, geez, Louise, that
0: is a fantastic matchup. No disrespect. Obviously, maybe my Queen's Quest bias may come out here. No disrespect to Suzu and uh, Maysera. But Yutami and Izumi, in my opinion, are better wrestlers, not by much, but, but Yutami and Izumi are two of the best wrestlers in the world, regardless of promotion, country, gender, the whole nine, and they've been teaming more. Now, obviously, the go-to team in Queen's Quest is Yutami and Sayaka um now i wonder if this match was supposed to be aphrodite versus can you imagine versus poi and uh, sayori oh. oh geez but i mean but we've seen some really good stuff with Utami and azumi in tags in six persons and eight persons as well obviously they have great chemistry um only one of these two teams was able to carry the other on their shoulders during the post-match promo and it wasn't the champions it was the challengers <laughs> and so um yeah this is good i mean they had uh, Natsupoi and Sayori. They had a great match with Rose Gold where they won the belts. This match, in my opinion, was even better. And I would not be shocked <laughs> if the match with Queen's Quest coming up, I believe it's October 9th. I think it's like a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I think it's like in the middle of the week. That, that I mean, that October 9th show, that next that big show coming up, uh, the first week of October is cr- crazy loaded. I mean, that card is from what's announced is crazy loaded and uh. Man, I'm really looking forward to this one. You know, I'm a tag team person, and when tag wrestling's done good, it's great. We know that Poi and Sori Anu can uh, do fantastic tag team work based on these two matches. And you know, with Zumi and Tommy can absolutely bring it. So I am super thrilled about the match. I'm super thrilled that they came in with their fantastic Queen's Quest jerseys, which I was finally able to buy one, secure one this morning. However, Rob, when I went back to check on my order, the size wasn't listed. So I did send them the email to say, please do not send me a smaller or medium because I will not fit in it. But anywho, regardless, <laughs> uh, I am super, super excited. Uh, again, this match was fantastic. If you've seen it, go and watch it again. If you have not seen it, what are you doing? It's By the time you listen to this, it should be up on Stardom World if you did not buy the pay-per-view. And if you do not have Stardom World, folks, it's like less than $8 a month. What are you doing? This match alone... Is well worth your uh, $8 a month. But, yeah, I'm super excited to see the run that they do uh with these goddess belts. And it kind of begs, and I'm going to throw to you on this one, partner. We mentioned before the Goddess of Stardom tournament is coming up. Usually you would have your tag champs going in, which I'm assuming is going to be Poi and uh, sayori You usually have them in uh, as your tag team. But do you break up? Not break up, but do you not have Meltier as a team going in? I mean, if you ask me, it's head you wins, tails you wins. But if you're booking this goddess tournament, what do you do? Do you have Meltier, who's kind of like your big star tag team? Or do you have uh, Poi and Sayori, your tag champs uh, in the tournament?
1: I'm sure they've done it before where they've split up the tag champs. And I seem to think, was it Mayu?
0: Was she teaming
1: with someone different?
0: saki maybe for to the tournament saki of Champs? maybe
1: I, again without looking into it in detail i couldn't tell you but i don't think it's a massive issue if because we don't even know if sayori's going to be a part of this she may be recording this um this saki ban new york show so she might not even be in the tournament but i'd be surprised if melty aren't thinking. although to be fair you have got Yuna mizumori in there as well so she will need a partner um, and I imagine, unfortunately for Eunice, you'll probably be the pin-eater for someone. Um, but it's worth noting as well, we're talking about the Tag League. I don't know the status of Sayaka Matani heading into this tournament, so that potentially puts Aphrodite on the back burner. Do we see Utami and Azumi team up rather than O2 line, or do we get O2 line and Utami? And Lady C, for example, it, it tag tag league tends to be one of those things where you think, oh, they'll uh, they'll do the strongest teams, and they never do. <laughs> they they never do. They you know you'll get Aphrodite and things like that, but then you'll get some really odd pairings, but odd pairings that work. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how Stardom managed to navigate their way out of that. Uh, to echo what you said, I fully expect Azumi and Utami uh, versus Poi and Anno to go to be four and a half star minimum. Not not that I'm trying to jinx it, not that I'm trying to put high expectations on it, but I expect that and no less. Um, otherwise I will do very little. Um we move on then to the semi main real, real real
0: real quick Rob, if I was booking God as a tournament people ask me what would I do? So here's what I would do maybe just because I'm just a huge fan of Cosmic Angels, I would put Meltier in one block and Natsupoi and Ano in another. That's what I would do. That's of both worlds, sir. So you would have Natsupoi wrestling in both blocks? Absolutely. She's the Stardom wrestler of the year. And then what a final would it be for the tag champs to take on Meltier in the finals?
1: I would love to see Natsupoi <laughs> because I reckon she would actually do a really good job of doing that as well. Like, she'd probably end up, like, with a shirt on and she'd take the shirt off when she's on one team, put the shirt back on when she's on one team. You see her sprinting across the ring to be the hot tag. It would be great. Um, I don't see it happening, unfortunately, but that would be... Amazing, maybe that should be a what if. Um,
0: <laughs> we just put another what if. I think we have 14 of them in the back.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say, Jesus. Um, we move on then to our semi main, which is the wonder of stardom championship match. The champion Mirai making her first successful tile defense, defeating fellow God's Eye member Konami in 12 minutes and 52 seconds with a brutal lariat. Um, now. There's a couple of things about this match um, that I know people are a little bit iffy with. I personally, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I really like this match. Love the work Konami did on the arm of Mirai. Can we just talk about how good Konami looked um, as she entered the fray, by the way? She looked like a badass. The jacket, the contact. And then when she put the gum shield in, I was like, I genuinely fear for Mirai's safety here. Um, absolutely brilliant! The work she did on Mariah's arm, fantastic. I thought Mariah sold it really, really well. And I know people will say, "Oh, well, she won with a la- she won with back to back lariats with a bad arm." Yes, she did. But rather than just defaulting to the adrenaline sort of argument that we constantly have in terms of forgetting to sell. If you look at the way she hits it, she's putting herself through pain in order to win. And there was moments where she was pinning after the move where she couldn't hook with a bad arm and she had to use both arms to hook the leg and things like that. And it was those subtle things that made this a really really good sell job from Mariah. Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. But I thought she did a very, very, very good job. My only issue with this match. Aside from that suplex, where oh my god, how did Konami get up? Um, Is the ending came out of nowhere. Like, Konami, this match goes 12 minutes and 52 seconds. Like, no time at all. Konami is in her hometown of Hiroshima. And beats Mirai Pillar to post for 10 minutes of this near 13-minute match. Mirai picks her up, powerbomb, two lariats, victory. It came a little bit out of nowhere. Now, it's a minor complaint but that's my only complaint about the match. Otherwise, I thought both women did tremendously well. This is, I think Konami's had two other singles matches since her uh, semi-retirement in December, and one of those was a four-minute throwaway match against Wakasuki Armor, who, bless her, is not going to be as hard-hitting as Mirai in a Wonder of Stardom title match. Overall, I thought this was a really, really solid entry into uh, the Wonder of Stardom canon. My own, I mean, don't get me wrong, Konami did say that if she won the Wonder of Stardom title, she would go full-time. So Mirai winning here and not giving us Konami full-time perhaps makes her the biggest heel in Stardom. Um, but overall, I thought both women did a tremendous job. Konami looked like a savage badass, especially the fact that she kept laughing at Mariah every time Mariah tried to power up out of one of the moves. Um, that, oh my God, that flying cross arm breaker off the apron. Jesus, wept, what a horrible bump that must have been to take. But overall, really, really good match. I gave it four stars. Just a shame about that suplex with Konami I don't know what happened I don't know whether Konami under rotated or if Marai didn't quite have enough of it to get her up and over and Konami enough time to rotate but either way she hit the mat face first and I feared the worst I must admit but uh, thankfully she was able to get up and uh, finish the match overall though really decent match Matt
0: yeah, uh, a lot of times on those suplexes, it could could just be a timing thing. And again, that's why we need to appreciate everything that any wrestler does, whether it's in Stardom, the independents, WWE, AEW, so on and so forth. It's, something is just off a little bit of a time, you know. Uh, and it's both wrestlers working together. If Marai was just off a half a second, or Konami's off just a half a second, you know, could end in disaster. Um, and thank God, obviously, it looked disaster. Thank God, Konami was okay. I uh, I attribute that to all the neck bridges that Konami probably does uh, during uh, her all the Brazilian jiu jitsu that she does. So you know, God bless her that she was okay. But yeah, man, I agree with you, Konami. I thought this was I thought the way this was laid out with Konami just to really take seventy five, eighty percent of the match goes to show three things number one just konami is back if she wants to be konami is back the fact that she was able to take the two-time cinderella champion the former uh goddess of stardom champion the current wonder of stardom champion to really the task and 75 80 of this match and also builds up mirai her selling we don't get to see mirai really on the back burner of selling so much so it's a different wrinkle and Mariah is something that can help her out in the long run on these uh Wonder of Stardom championships. I think it's one of the reasons why we love Saya Kamatani's run so much is because she's always on the back end having to come back on the later part of the matches. And it really just built the drama to these matches because these are going to be main event matches or co-main event matches because the Wonder of Stardom championship is a big deal. And Stardom has done a great job since its inception of building up that belt. And then it just goes to show Mirai just the fact that, uh, yeah, some people were complaining that the finish kind of came out of nowhere and that she used her bad arm. Look, if you've been watching Mirai matches, you know, since she's been in stardom, she loves throwing those lariats. She's added the leaping lariat as one of her finishing moves uh, to go with the the double wrist lock, the Miramirai, and the Miramirai shock. But at the same time, it's like, okay, my arm hurts. However, this is my main thing to go to. And if I have to, you know, kind of, upset the pain or kind of fight through the pain in order to throw this like i'll worry about my arm tomorrow what i'm worried about is right now getting the win and walking out of here with a wonder of stardom championship because that's what the belt means to me and means of the company i like that i like that for, and if it wasn't a championship match i could kind of see but the, for the fact that mariah was putting her arm in danger in order to uh, get the win i like that and i don't mind the finish coming out of nowhere here because it was a heck of a it was a heck of a lariat to end it. You know, if oh, I'm my fighting God, fighting it was. <laughs> yeah. If I'm fighting Mike Tyson, for example, like, you know, God bless me, and I'm kind of picking him apart a little. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling confident. All of a sudden, he lands one uppercut. They're not going to say, well, Matt was beating up Mike Tyson for five or six minutes. Tyson only landed one blow. But, God damn, that's a damn good blow. And that's basically what this was. You know, we're looking at this as a shoot. We're looking at it as if. It's 100% real. And to me, I felt real in that moment when she hit her with a lariat. I'm like, I hope that's the finish because she really just came from nowhere to blitz her with those last two lariats, especially that final one. Holy geez. And Konami wasn't holding anything back either. Some of those kicks were absolutely brutal. And I actually went back and watched this match because when I watched it live when it happened, I was feeling a little bit under the weather. And I, I attributed that to uh, the fact that college football started the day before. And I indulged myself, Rob Gowin, in a whole bunch of different pumpkin beers but regardless so i went back and watched this about 24 hours uh after the match happened and i noticed this the second time around but didn't notice the first time kunami does the orisa 1859 kick from the top rope did you pick up on that she does she does i did notice that yes i don't think she's ever done that before anyway i don't think i've ever seen any other wrestler do that before other than Orissa. so anytime you get a nod to one orisa hoshinki we mentioned it you know a handful of times in the last year or so that mina has been adopting a lot of Arissa strikes in a great way too with the fact that she's doing it and she's doing it in a great way and the psychology and the build i'm all for it but konami in 1859 if she comes back full-time or semi full-time and she puts that in her arsenal i'm all for it because konami's fantastic um yeah, I agree with you. I had this at four stars as well. A really good way to set Mirai's championship reign in motion. And then we get all of God's eye at the end. Survey comes in, makes sure everybody's united. And then she makes a challenge for a UWFI-style match. And who comes out to challenge? One, Mina Shirakawa.
1: You have no idea how much I wish it had been and Death.
0: Oh, no, how dare you, sir? How dare you? Can you, you
1: imagine a UWF match Fuki can death versus no of course Mina Shirakawa came out in the building of course where she was injured last year against Sayaka Amitani so a little bit of uh, not revenge but uh, a little bit of unfinished business for Mina that has been made official for the Nagoya show as well which already with four matches announced is a stacked card in fact we've gone through all of the matches that will be spoilers so the card so far for Nagoya Golden Fight 2023 on October 9th, which is a Monday, by the way, Matt. Um, we have got the World of Stardom Championship, Tam Nakano versus Natsukotora, um, The Goddess of Stardom, Sayoriano and Natsupoi versus Utami and Azumi. High-speed, Saki Kashima versus Meiseira. And UWF Rules, Suri versus Mina Shirakawa. Um, I'm excited for this show um i think if you can i don't know there's an artist of stardom championship defense maybe i haven't seen may sakurai in a while don't know if she's injured um but i think that would be uh that'd be a tasty card um let's move on oh no actually i need to say this before we move on did you see the shirt that suri was wearing matt
0: no, I didn't I did make mention that Sherry, her fashion style is completely different from her wrestling style. And I'm not one who's very fashionable. I'm married to somebody who's very fashionable. So I, by, by that, I mean Sherry's a phenomenal wrestler. Her fashion style uh, outside of the ring uh, is a little bit different. I do like her new gear for this show, by the way. But uh, no, what, what, what did the shirt say or what was it? Oh, my God. So ordinarily,
1: <laughs> when you are part of a faction, you'll have your faction logo on your shirt. Yeah or advertisement absolutely or you know if you haven't got a logo the word mark or whatever suri had got god's eye on her shirt but she had got it in the smallest font you've ever seen right in the middle of a chest and it was in comic sans and it looked like the cheapest quickest shirt you've ever seen. I implore every single one of you to go and watch the exchange between Mina Shirakawa and Suri, and you can see Mina's shirt with the Big Club Venus logo, and Suri's, which she might as well have just written God's eye on a t-shirt in biro. It's honestly, I was looking at it for ages just going, that's in Comic Sans. I could have designed that shirt on Microsoft Word. Um, It it proper got to me to the point where I had to re-watch the exchange between Mina and Suri to actually understand what was going on because I was so taken aback at Suri's shirt. Excellent trousers, though. I will say that. I was jealous of the trousers. Um, We move on to the main event now. I mentioned, Matt Turner, at the top of the show, that I disagreed with you on something. And this doesn't happen very often, apart from on most things, Tam Nakina. Um, But I was not a huge fan of this match. And I wasn't a huge fan... For a couple of reasons. I'm talking about the New Japan Strong women's title match. Uh, Julia, the champion, defeating Risa Serra for her third title defense in 17 minutes and 37 seconds with the Northern Light bomb. Now, first of all, this shouldn't have been the main event. Um, and I, I think that a lot of people who watch this show agree that this should not have been the main event. Um even if it's only for something as sentimental as it being Konami's hometown. I loved the fact that Julia, on Hannah Kimura's birthday, and that's worth noting, September 3rd, Hannah Kimura's birthday, rest in peace, Hannah, used the tiger lily. I think that's beautiful. A beautiful little callback to Julia's defeat of Konami. Julia and Risa Sera had no chemistry whatsoever. There was no heat whatsoever. Don't get me wrong, there was moments. You know, Reese Sarah hitting um, that air raid crash off the apron through the table. Brutal move. Some of the power bombs, really impactful. But there didn't seem to be any heat between the two at all, to the point where... There's a moment where um, I think Risa Sayre botches a suplex. And I know you don't like that word, Matt, but for the sake of this argument, um, botches a suplex. And from that point, Julia, who is ordinarily so expressive and passionate in her matches, she was done with this match. And for for a good five minutes at the end of this match, she had a face like thunder. Now, I don't know if there is legitimate heat between her and Risa Sarah, like there is between her and Yukiki, um, or if there is the history between her and Risa Sarah that there is between her and Suzu Suzuki. There just didn't feel like anything here. It felt very much like oil and water, to the point where they tried several things that just did not work. And, you know, even the tiger lily the package pile driver goes wrong and you can see the expression on Julia's face. They mess up a glorious driver, which is a move that Julia hits regularly. And it just it felt like something was off, timing was off. Um, and overall, I felt like considering what this could have been and considering you know, the calibre of matches that Julia has put on for the Strong Women's Championship, this fell short of expectations and for me was the match that really disappointed on this show. Um what about you, Matt? Do, have I said something that's out of turn there or what's what are your opinions?
0: No, uh obviously you're entirely your own, own opinion and a lot of people I've seen a lot of people on social media say that they liked it, but they didn't love it. They thought it would be better. I see your point. Um I liked how they're kind of feeling each other out, and you know, this is going to get ugly fast. And what I mean by that is obviously, Julie, in these big championship matches, um, she gets very violent. She is the dangerous queen. And obviously, Risa Sarah coming over, you know, is, is she's a great wrestler, but she's known, you know, mostly for her death match. And you can tell by just by looking at her back, she's all scarred up. So, you know, this was going to get out of control fast. And it did. She hits the air raid crowd. Julia tries to go for the pile driver through the table. Risa is able to counter. They go back and forth. They brawl on the apron. Risa hits the air raid crash to the table. And I like how Risa Sarah understands the moment and realizes, okay, in order for me to to win this match and and take that belt home with me, I got to start throwing bombs. So Risa hits the double knees off the top rope. She hits the double knees in the corner. She sits out, hits the sit out DVD. She's hitting her chaining her big moves back-to-back-to-back, really taking advantage of the big table bump. So I like the psychology there. But, you know, Julia takes a lot to to take her down. Uh, Julia's able to come back. She's able to – they have a brawl on the top rope, which obviously you know that Julia's going to win the better of that. You know it's going to set up for top rope butterfly suplex. That's absolutely brilliant. And she sets that up with a very violent headbutt, which uh, I thought that was – that was something. We knew that was coming. Um, uh, The two of them go back and forth with strikes. It did get very violent. And then you do see some mistiming, uh, very much like Kunami and Mirai, mistiming on the glorious driver, mistiming on the uh, the package Pile driver, part of the tiger lily. So I see everyone's point there. However, to me, it might have added to the match a little. I mean, this wasn't smooth a perfect and it wasn't supposed to be a smooth perfection match like we saw in the goddess. Uh, tag match where everything flowed really well. It was beautiful. It was beautifully violent. The psychology was there where you literally can take a look at that. Like Grant, obviously that wasn't supposed to happen. At least I don't think it was. But you can make an argument where are saying, well, maybe somebody's beat up, they couldn't do it, or they try to block it. Like, if I was on commentary, that's how, how I would have had that. I would have said, you know, Julia's all beaten up, maybe she couldn't hook it in right, or Risa is desperate to get out of the Glorious Driver. On commentary, that's how I would have taken it, and I would have taken something bad and added to it to make it add more to the match. Because, again, this isn't a finesse match. We knew it wasn't going to be. Um, so with those two things, but you can kind of see Julia was getting a little frustrated Maybe Julia didn't want to. She could maybe sold it a little bit better in the face. I can kind of see that there. But ultimately, she's able to put everything together and being the pro that she is in order to hit the package pile driver. And then the Northern Lights bomb, chain them back to back for the finish. I thought this was great. I understand where, and I thought too, going into this show that the main event was going to be for the Wonder of Stardom Championship with Mariah and Konami. Obviously, that's a belt that they hold very into high standards I mentioned before. But I can understand why they put this match on last because Julia's a big star. And they really, really, on a, on a show that, again I mentioned an hour ago, you could have put Momo and Yutami as the main event, a uh, five-star match. I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. You could have put the tag match on last. Nothing followed it. No disrespect to the last two matches. You could have put Sherry and Mayu on as the main event. So you really could have had five or six matches that could have closed this show. Tam is the world champion. You could have her and Starlight Kid. No one would have batted an eye. I think the main reason why they put this on as the main event, no disrespect to the New Japan Strong Champion, no disrespect to Risa Sarah, the main reason why this was the main event is because of the star power that Julia is and nobody can deny that. that. What a huge star that she is. Ultimately though, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. I enjoyed the violence. We knew what we were going to get. And again, I really even enjoyed the two little muff-ups because you could have very easily put that in and sold it as if that these two are fighting so hard that Risa knows what's coming. She's trying to block it or Julie does not have the strength because she's eating that table and she's eating all those double knees. And I think even Risa Sari even did like the Masala Emerald Frozen in this match, which I never seen her do before. So you could have put the point on that. I see people's gripe with it. I understand it. I respect it. Do I agree with it? Not 100%. Again, I thought this was a really enjoyable match. I actually had it at four and a quarter stars, and I thought it was a pretty good way to end what was a fantastic show.
1: I gave it three and a half. Um, We were we were quite a distance apart, and I I think it was like I can see your point completely with you know the whole being too exhausted to perform a move. I don't f- I think it comes from because I don't feel like there was the chemistry I don't feel like they earned that sort of exhaustion to not perform the move if that makes sense and maybe it's just a me thing I don't know it just it just didn't vibe with me which is uh, which is a shame to be perfectly honest but something else and this is something that I've been pondering for a couple of weeks now And it's about the New Japan Strong Women's title, which is now in Julia's 63-day reign, I think it is, off the top of my head, um, has defended the belt three times, including in America, in your presence, Matt, at uh, Impact and New Japan Multiverse United 2.
0: I I was there. You're
1: right. Now, on the flip side of this, we have got Mayu Iwatani, the IWGP Women's title. Supposedly a prestigious women's title. She has held it for hundred and what did I just say? 136 days? She's defended it once. Now hasn't been abroad with it, which was the whole modus operandi of the IWGP women's title. Do you think that the New Japan Strong Women's Championship is eclipsing the IWGP women's championship? in terms of prestige and in terms of how people are perceiving that belt. 100%.
0: And that has nothing to do with Mayu. Mayu is obviously one of the best wrestlers of this or any other generation. Still very much in her prime. The two matches that she had, you know, where she won the belt against Mercedes, fantastic. The match with Utami, you know, we covered a few weeks ago. Absolutely fantastic. You know, must see. If you haven't seen it yet, go out of your way to see it. But just the fact that Julia, she's in the spotlight with it more. She's in, she's in these, you know. She again, you're on these shows over here in the United States defending. You're you're getting more reps with the belt. We've only seen Mayu again twice with the belt, once with the the defense and once where she won the championship. We're seeing Julia more and more with that. Even the promos. You know, she's cutting promos. We know we have a Diana Purrazzo match coming up somewhere in the future. It looks like they're building towards a match with Momo Kogo somewhere as well. We don't have any clue what Mayu is doing next with that belt. Maybe a Tora match because Tora mentioned it when she beat her uh, in the five-star just a few weeks ago. But well, we don't know what Mayu has coming up next with that belt. There's the, We thought we were going to see an Ani match early on, and that kind of fizzled away. We thought they were building Mariah May up for an uh iwgp women's match uh, which i would absolutely love to see both those matches that's kind of fizzled out as well so it's like we don't know where they're going where uh julia has again not only she had more matches in different areas of the con of the world but she's also has a lot on her plate with the defense and it really seems like all roads lead to either at dream queendom or at the tokyo dome next year her mercedes monet for the uh that championship and considering the fact, Rob, that I will be meeting one Mercedes Bonnet at New York Comic Con, maybe I can get the inside scoop, sir. We shall see.
1: I'd love that, please do. Um, because I, I don't really, I've never understood, if I'm perfectly honest, why there was a need to bring in the New Japan Strong Women's Championship in the first place simply because. You already had the IWGP Women's Championship. It's the same people booking both belts. It's like you getting a Nintendo DS for my uh, for my old brethren out there. It's like getting a Nintendo DS on release day, and then them releasing a 3DS the week after. And it's like, well, why is anyone bothered about the DS anymore? It it just it feels. Very strange, and if this is all because they wanted Mercedes Monet to hold one of the belts, just don't have a drop it to Mayu. We, you know, have Mayu beat Kyrie. Just you know, pay the mo- pay pay Mayu the money she wanted which makes no sense because they've done that now anyway, pay Mayu the money she wanted, and then have her lose it to mercedes Monet. let mercedes Monet go around the world and defend the IWGP Women's Championship, rather than creating this secondary title, which is now getting far more exposure from the company that books both titles. It's very strange, very weird, and I don't understand it, and you're absolutely spot on, Matt. There is no direction with that belt whatsoever. It is a prop and nothing else at the moment because no woman has made it to two title defences yet and Mayu's held it for 136 days is by far the longest reigning champion and has defended it once. She's had that smattering of a feud with uh, Nanai Takahashi who she handpicked. That never happened. Mariah May, that never happened. Everyone that beats her points to the belt. Natsupoi did it. Nothing's coming of that. So you need to decide what the premise of the IWGP Women's Championship is because without that, there's no direction to it. It's just going to lose all prestige and it's just going to end up being an afterthought when you could have just kept the SWA belt, ultimately. Anyway, rant over. Um, Let's have a look at what is on the horizon for stardom. So, next week we have got a back to back weekend um we have got on sunday ooh pardon me on sunday we have got the um five star grand prix carrying on um where we are going to carrickan Hall And the card is as follows. Um, Tam Nakano versus Suzu Suzuki in the red stars block. Uh, in the blue stars block, we have got Julia versus Micah. Red stars sees Starlight Kid versus Hazuki and Blue Stars sees Seoriano versus Mirai. And it's worth noting that the Tam versus Suzu matches and the Julia and Micah match are also billed, as well as being five-star matches, are a continuation of that generational struggle series. I really, really like that. I love how they're playing that into the five-star matches as well. Um Matt, what are you excited for? in terms of those
0: five-star matches? Um, it's going to be a cop-out, but I'm an honest person. Uh everyone, every single one of those <laughs> matches. I mean, You're I'm right, that is a cop-out. Yeah, I mean, if, if you take a look, if Soraya uh, Ano beats Marai, she lays claim that she gets a title shot. She can. So who want want to see them run that back? Obviously, Tam and Suzu, I think... Uh, Going into this tournament, the way that it was built, you know, like a month before the tournament, they had Suzu. Tam was very well toying with Suzu with the belt. I'm like, Tam, I love you so much, but that's not the person to be taunting. So I think a lot of people think that Susan's going to get the win and then get a title shot leading up into uh, Dream Queendom. So uh, that's going to be great. Starlight Kid and Hazuki, yes, please. I mean, they had one of the best and underrated matches on the loaded five-star from last year. Mm-hmm. It's in Corken and Hall. It's in Corken and Hall, you said it, correct? It is indeed. Always a hot crowd. You know they're going to drop 1,400 1,500. I mean, they sold out the building last time. Don't see any reason why they won't this time. And obviously, Julie and Mike, uh, that's a match that it's the hardest one for me to predict. I'm going to have to sit down with my notebooks as of now the current standings. Rob, I did not mention this last week the current standings and I have not done the matches for the second yet, uh, just because I I haven't seen them and I don't know who won. The current standings is Amber's beating me by 2 points. Now, for those Ooh. playing along who listened, yes, for those playing along who listened last year, I completely wiped the floor with and by, by, by like night four or five, I was light years ahead of her. Now she was, if you remember, she was whipping all of us pretty well early in the tournament about a week ago, I caught up and we were tied, but I think she's up by two again. I will uh, later on tonight, I will be watching the shows from the second. So I don't, I, I don't know who I'm going to pick for that Julia Micah match. I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to go. Because I can see Micah winning the block, but I know a lot of us do have Julia and Utami as pretty much almost like the uh, the finals of the block. I might cop out and say TLD. I might go with the Ogawa special. We haven't seen a time limit drawn in about a month. We might be overdue. I don't know. But regardless, as a fan, as a fan, I'm so looking forward to each and every one of those matches. And I don't know where I would even rank them. You know, from which one I'm looking forward to the most, the second, third, or fourth. But and the fact that it's in Cork and Hall, which is pretty much Stardom's like unofficial home base, and the crowd is always molten. It's there's very, very few empty seats, which I love seeing. Would not be shocked if the building sold out. I'm super excited for that. And uh, not to put you on the spot, partner, are there any other matches announced other than the five star for that Cork and Show coming up uh, this en- weekend?
1: The entire card has been announced. So also oh. on that card, we have got. Um, Lady C and Miyawamasaki versus Hanako and TBD. Um, we have got Zaki Kashima and Suri versus Natsupoi and Unimizumi. Um, we have got Mayu Butani, Koguma and Momokogo versus Natsukatora, Ruaka and Fuki and Death. And then we have got tag match Maraime and Wakasukiama versus Meihoshisuki. At uh, sorry, Mei Maysaera. She was Mehosh Suki and Megan Bain. Solid stuff. Solid stuff, indeed. It's worth noting then, ladies and gentlemen, these are your standings at the moment. Red Stars block Natsuka Tora, 6-2, 12 points, still in the lead, which unfortunately does mean, where they're only having one match left, that the vast majority of the block, if they lose three matches, are out. Uh, Natsupoy is in second, 4-1-1 one one on nine points. Yuri and Tam both tied in third, 3-1-1 one one in seven. Uh, Mayu eliminated from the tournament, three wins, three losses, one draw, seven points. Amisori eliminated, two and three. She's on four points and is eliminated. Suzu has to win every single match to stay in the tournament. She's lost three matches, but did beat Tora. So would have the tie break. She is on four points. Starlight Kid, as we said earlier, is out two and four on four points. Hazuki, two and three on four points. She isn't eliminated as she has got Natsuka Tora on the final night and needs to win every single match again i fully think that that could happen i think she could go through the rest of this tournament and beat tora on the final
0: night i just think it happens in blue stars here's, oh here i'm sorry to interrupt you i just thinking. i think here's what's going to happen at the top of my head putting no money on it because we know how great i am at these predictions <laughs> i think suzu i think suzu beats tora at the final night not suzu hazuki uh, beats tora on the final night and hazuki's the leader until sherry's match and sherry and hazuki will have uh tied in points but because sherry has beaten hazuki sherry will go on to the finals and we will have a utami first sherry final that is my prediction that i'm putting no money on
1: and then we would have our first two-time winner of the tournament. Um, in Blue Stars' block, you should—funny you should mention—Utami is top as it stands, four and two on eight points. Julia is in second, three, two, and one on seven. That seems to be everyone's thought that is going to be the block final. Marai um, sits in third, three and two on six points. Um, Mariah May, Mina and Momo Watanabe are all tied for fourth with a 3-3 three and three record, all on six points. Sioriano sits just below them on six points, but with one less victory, two wins, three losses, two draws. Micah below them, two wins, one loss, one draw on five points. And Azumi, still alive in the block, two and three on four points. And then Hannon eliminated from the block, one and five two points so with that being said i'm just going to quickly whip through this dream tag festival um and we will get going so in terms of this we have got um and this is in no particular order at all we have got julia and suzu suzuki taking on Utami hayeshista and maika Yes, please. Um, we have got Mayu Butani and Saki Kashima taking on Azumi and Starlight Kid. Even more, yes, please. Uh, Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa, the return of Dream H, are taking on uh, Natsupoi and Seori Ano, the tag champs. Um, Hazuki and Natsukatora, who of course are facing each other on the last night of the five star, will be taking on the Takahashi, and Ruaka. Um, we've also got Mirai and Mei Sakurai, who is returning to action, taking on Rina and Hina. Um, we've also got Momo Watanabe and Momo Kogo, double Momo taking on Hanan and Mariah May. Uh, we've also got a gauntlet tag, which is going to see Suri and Amisori, Lady C and Miyamasaki, Amasaki, Waka and Yuna Mizumori, Megan Bain and Sera, and Koguma and Saya Ida. I'm not going to ask for your predictions on this, map because... It seems to be. It seems that we are going to get some stories wound into it, but we're also just going to set up some fun little tag matches that we wouldn't ordinarily see. The one that stick, or there's two that really stick out to me, and that's uh, Julia and Suzu Suzuki. The partnership in general, but also against Utami and Mika. That's going to slap. Um, And then the uh, match between Tam and Mina versus the tag champs Seoriano. And Natsupoy. that those are both going to be matches to keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, not only that, but then you have uh, Azumi and Starlight Kid, arguably the two greatest high speed uh, wrestlers in the company's history, up against Mayu and Saki. And consider the fact that Saki is uh, the current high speed champion. And it's funny because if like you're new to, st- like, say, you've only been watching in five, six months, and you don't know the history that well, if you were to say, okay, which one of these teams are former tag champs? I'm sure a lot of people say Starlight couldn't zoom, but like no, it's Saki, Cash and Mayu, and it's just fun because like now that Saki is supposedly turned to the uh, the light side, she's now a Jedi turn from sith if we're gonna go star wars reference be interesting to see what she's gonna do with mayu if she's just gonna be another thorn in Mayu's side, so that could be entertaining in about nine different ways as well but yeah this uh this dream tag thing i hope it becomes like an annual tradition and i hope it's something maybe they stream on on youtube live or the next day or something because it's it's really interesting and it's something and it's it's a fan vote and anytime you can get the fans involved in something it just makes it that much more special
1: can we briefly just talk about the uh, the press conference that led to this with Mayu and Saki sitting next to each other and the IWGP Championship slips off Mayu's shoulder and literally clips Saki Kashima's leg And she makes out like Mayu's done it on purpose and is holding her knee and is really scared. It's brilliant. Like, just everything that has gone on with those two in the past, I I love that team. I think it will work really, really well. Um, But, Matt, I think, despite the fact that we only had one show to talk about, we've still gone two hours because of course we have um so let's get out of people's hair let's we still uh,
0: have one more we still have one more segment to do buddy you said you're gonna add it to your notes i have
1: completely forgotten i was so busy trying to get us out of here so you could go for your meeting i completely forgot that it's time for eo and kairi watch
0: EO and Kyrie watched. Well, there's not much Kyrie in the WWE, so the EO watched this week. I don't even look at my notes because it was this simple. They played a clip of two weeks ago on SmackDown of EO and Bailey beating up Bianca Belair, taking out her knee, um, and she will be on the shelf for a little bit. And then they showed a clip of about a month or so ago of EO and Bailey cutting Shotzi's hair, which leads to EO, excuse me, Bailey versus Shotzi with EO and Dakota Kai. Both at ringside. It's a fairly good match between Shotzi and Bailey, but it's EO watch, not Bailey watch. Eventually, uh, Bailey decides that she wants to use EO's belt as a weapon. And then once the camera catches that, one Charlotte Flair comes down to the ring, boots EO in the face, giving Shotzi the win and setting up a tag match coming up this week on SmackDown of Shotzi and Charlotte Flair taking on the team of EO Shirai and Bailey. So there is your EO watch for the week, sir.
1: Well, in terms of Kairi, we've had a couple of announcements. There is the last voyage in Osaka um, scheduled for the 16th of the 9th, so 16th of September, at HEP Center in Osaka. I don't know whether that is a... Um, a wrestling show, or whether it's just like a meeting—I don't know. Um, I couldn't find anything on it. I'm sure someone will tell me. We've also got the Last Voyage in Tokyo, which, get this, is a literal cruise with Kyrie.
0: Um, oh, wow! How come they haven't figured that out ten years ago? You know what I mean?
1: I mean that's incredible. Um, it's the f- <laughs> build as the last and first cruise event featuring Kyrie. <laughs> And then of course one and done. One and done. <laughs> absolutely. Imagine if she's scared of water. Um and then we've <laughs> He killed the gimmick, brother. He just
0: killed the gimmick.
1: <laughs> and then finally, in two days' time, on the eighth of September, she will be in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Wrestling alongside sayori Ano against the team of Unagi Sayaka. And sorry. So that is certainly one to keep your eyes out for. Should be a great match as we went towards the end of Kyrie's time in Japan. But Matt, with that being said, it's now time to get out of people's hair. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for sticking with us due to all our rambles and all that sort of thing. Thank you for all of your support. We could not do this without you. Um, Thank you to everyone that listens, everyone that subscribes, everyone that's joined our Patreon. Thank you. Um, If you aren't already subscribed, consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Patreon if you haven't already for literal mountains of bonus content. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash The Stardom Cast. You can find us on all manner of social media at, at The Stardom Cast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel um, at The Stardom Cast. Again, um, if you could leave us a five-star review and a comment on your podcast app of your choice. I saw that there was a couple more. Thank you so much to those people. Um, that would really greatly help us out. And it's free. Um, and you can also talk to me on Twitter at, at Real Rob Godwin Matt Turner. Sal- Sign
0: us off. Absolutely. One more thing I want to say before I give us the plugs and sign us off is the ever-important bye boy. if you guys (laughs) want to get a hold of me. You didn't think you were getting out. that's, you didn't think you were getting out of a podcast without, did you, brother? Um, oh, you, right. want to do, <laughs> you want to get a hold of me, Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and/or the Twitter, if you want to shoot me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. The StardomCast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Like Rob said, folks, we cannot do this without your fantastic support. We see each and every day, we greatly appreciate it. And any suggestions that you have for the podcast or Patreon or alternate commentaries or reviews, you know, just fire them our way. Because, like I always say, it's just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're all together and everybody's different everybody's special